Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Disheltic Season Thursday Night Hangout. What's up? <coughs> Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by a political comrade himself, Zilios. Well, it is good to be back after a week of death in the houses. Well, not really death. It was the vid finally came to visit my house. And it and took, I- it, 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 uh, Unfortunately, got my eldest son. But thankfully, the rest of us have continued to show negative. What's up, Sam Grizzle? And I finally also caught it officially last week. Oh, yes. It's something that seems to be going around. Who would have thought it? But I thought the pandemic was over, sir. Hmm. It's only just begun. Have you seen that meme? Where they're like, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll go away soon enough. And then it's a meme of Tom Brady just smiling. <laughs> like, he is the COVID. He just keeps on coming back. Sam Grizzle says, call me lazy, but I just got vaxxed. Bahamas won't take me without it. Yep. Well, there you go. I know that for I a fact. I will say in regards to that, I'm vaccinated with the boosted. And I'm glad I was because, you know, it's... There's a fallacy name to it. It's like the thing where, like, oh, well, uh, only what's like a bad cold. Well, that's kind of the point. That was only like a bad cold mm-hmm. and not something much, much worse. Yeah, my son had a fever the first day and um, a really bad headache. And then the rest of the time, he's just tired. Yeah, but I mean, the whole point is if it you don't have it. a vaccination, it could have been a whole lot worse. It's just like the flu shot. It, the you flu shot's not going to stop you from getting the flu, but if you do get the flu, it's going to be a lot less severe. If you ever had the full-on flu, it's... Oh, believe me. Oh, I got the full... Like, if you if I moved too fast, I was going to be praying to the porcelain god. Yeah, I caught it in Minnesota, of all places, on vacation. Not like when I lived there. It was like for vacation is when I caught it. Yeah. That was fun. But let's talk about some more fun. Let's talk about some fun stuff, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, Wait, this- there's fun yeah. in the world? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thursday Night Hangout. It's a weekly live show. We try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you during the show. If you haven't submitted your topic, question, etc., have no fear. All you got to do is drop it in the chat, and we'll add it to the list of topics for the show. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, those topics will be added to the beginning of next week's show. Indeed. So, right off the bat, the... The uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that Momocon is getting ever closer, my friend. It's getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. Do you feel it in your soul where it is? Like, it's so close that you just can reach out and touch it with your bare hands? Yeah. Momocon, of course, is that amazing convention that happens at the end of May. It's uh, May 26th through 29th down at the Georgia Royal Congress Center. Um... I believe I have at least two panelists to join me for the Thursday panel of video games. Uh, changing for the good? Question mark. Are you allowed to tell who? No. It's a surprise. Yes. And That's I also I also think I've uh, convinced some people to uh, sit at my table um, when I need to go do uh, when I need to perform interviews. So <gasps> the kids? No. Damn it. No, and not my cousins either because uh my cousin Thomas is graduating uh <laughs> that weekend. Um so, yeah. 
Yes, it is. Oh, really? That's kind of late, actually, because our graduation is this weekend. Yeah. Nope. Hmm. Anyway. That's late for that's late for the area, but whatever. Not for my school. Well, you guys are special. But yeah, okay, yeah. He he went he went to my school. My the older one went to your school. Yeah. Anyways. Um so I'm excited for that. MomoCon is getting ever closer. Um I'm getting most of my stuff. Skyrim 6 announcement at MomoCon? I seriously doubt that. However, there was an announcement that at least got me super excited, and that was that there might actually be a an actual release date for the uh, Dead Space remake. Are you excited about that, sir? As long as it's... They're, they're caught, okay, so they're saying it's the, it's the Dead Space remake. So as long as they keep with the formula of the first two... Dead Spaces, not the third one. Hell yes, I am. Uh, the third one was shit. Just think, just think you get your your you know thrilling horror uh, game. You know, poor lighting, so shit's gonna jump out from all angles to scare the crap out of you. You know, the jump factor. The third one, they decided, you know what? We want to appeal to more gamers. Let's turn on all the lights. And how did that work for their sales? <laughs> They're like, but we have multiplayer. Multiplayer yeah, does not solve everything. Think of a game like you know it. There's irony there because you think about it. I, from a being counter perspective, taking out of the hands of developers. Yep. I understand where they're coming from in a theoretical perspective, right? Ooh, these two games sold well. What if we? took all these focus groups and all these things I learned about not gaming, but how to attract more people and we can attract more gamers. But I think if there's one thing, I'm not going to play it. The game like Elden Ring has shown that you can still target a niche group, but if it's a well-done game, you can still have massive sales. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. If it's a very well-done niche group game, Sales are going to bleed outside of that niche group. Exactly. So it doesn't matter like if it's a niche game. And I think in the context of this, a game like Elden Ring would be considered of that. But when it's such a phenomenal game in that, you're going to get people playing that type of game who normally would not. So I guess the question is, would you rather have a mediocre game that appeals to the masses which then nobody's gonna buy because it's turf well theoretically to, appeals to the masses theoretically it's supposed to appeal yes to the masses. let's put it that way versus a game which appeals to theoretically a small group of players a smaller scope but there's so many people who like it that all of a sudden word spreads like holy crap this is an amazing game before you know it you've reached out of your normal maybe gaming niche zone from a sales perspective yeah I look. I've always, always voiced that if I were to ever make a game, I would make my passion project. Which is? I no, no. I'm just saying. If I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I, I would have to like really get into it. I don't have enough time. This is way too short of a show. But I'm just saying that, given the choice, there are a lot of people out there, and I understand. Money rules the world. There are certain developers out there who make games that they 
know will sell to soccer moms, for example. And they could care less, but they like the sales. I personally, given the oppor- given the opportunity, if I if I could either choose to make a game a a piece of crap game that I knew was going to sell well versus my passion project, I personally, Charlie, personally would do my passion project because I want to be. The thing is, at the end of the day, I want to be proud of my of my creation, not. Well, at least I'm getting money for it. I don't know. I, you know. I'd rather just get money for it. I can't. I, I just. I mean, and then it's less hours I have to work. I can retire earlier. Spend more time with my but, family. But the thing is, look, the thing is, your passion project could end up being the bigger seller, but it's an unknown entity. I'd rather take that chance. Well, I thought you would put it on the premise of the passion project was not going to sell as well as the other game. No, no, so, no, no. I meant, I meant an unknown entity versus. I know that if I make, I don't know, a match three game and put some, uh, I don't know, uh, all these freaking ads on my on my phone recently have been about uh, adultery and and the woman having to be thrown out onto the street and and you have to match three so she could build herself a new home. I wouldn't personally make that I wouldn't play it either, but. Well, skeeziness aside, I do think there's something to be said for having a profitable game under your belt. Yeah. It's right. not the worst. Even if it's not your passion project, there's something worthwhile about having that experience and having gone through that. Maybe with at least one or two games. Fine. I've got that. I've got a game underneath my belt. It's very, I said very that made money. It did make money. I was part of the pro- I was part of the team that created MLB 08 for the cell phone. And, and you actually made like I copious amounts of money off of this. MLB did because the contract was whack, but <laughs> it was a very it was a fine you know it was a fiscally successful game. There's a couple other games that weren't so f- fiscally uh, successful, but still. Anyways, I'm excited. Uh, the The release date that they're giving is January. Uh, what was it? January the twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Sam Grizzle wants I'd make Battlefield Ukraine. Oh, that's a hot button topic. Yeah. Um, I a little bit of like a sideways uh, segue. Um, speaking of Ukraine, um, or I guess more Russia, I just posted the review for, um, uh, Irony Curtain, um, from Matryoshka with Love, which is a very humor, satirical game. And I think it would have been even better if I hadn't played it as Russia was invading Ukraine, because it's all about this guy who believes that there's this perfect society in a country called Matryoshka. And then he finds out that the, the leader is so far up his own ass, a narcissist. He, you know, he basically, no one in the country knows what the hell's going on. Very Russian. So it kind of took a, it took a little bit of the, it hurt a little bit to play the game, to laugh at the pain. 
it is interesting how current world events can definitely change your perception of pop culture. Like I was watching an episode of Doctor Who, mm -hmm. probably about three, four years old, and it had to do with basically the three global powers of the military getting together. Mm -hmm. United States, China, and of course, the third one would have been Russia. Mm -hmm. And as you're watching it, like back then it made sense. But now that you're watching it, it's like... Yeah, they'd mm, never be at the same table. No, like, all these movies and TV shows where it's always like, you know, Russia's the great big evil. It was always easy to do, too, from a, you know, plotline perspective. Russia's don't like, care. Oh, Russia, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But now, like, if you try doing that at a pop culture thing, people are like, ha, 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 I can't take it seriously because you just use Russia as the antagonist. So, but, um, it's a great game. I'm, I'm just saying it's a great game. I post the review, uh, the, the, uh, playthrough is also up. So have a look. -sies. All right, let's move on to the next one. Speaking of uh, game announcements, um, this one, I think it's probably just for me, but, um, <laughs> the announcement has been made that, uh, the Alan, Alan Wake remastered is coming to the switch. Uh, oh. I loved Alan Wake. I loved Alan Wake so much. And I loved one of the DLC. The other DLC was absolute shit. Because they tried to do like a mini game. Which, Alan Wake, the story and the suspense and the, like the at the edge of your seat, what the f is going to happen next. That was made, that's what made the game. And, uh, and I think, I personally think that I'll pick it up on the Switch and play it again. And I, I don't think that the the amount of time that's passed is going to decrease my nostalgic views and love of the game. But we'll see. I also saw somewhere that Alan Wake is coming to like AMC as a television series, supposedly. Interesting. Well, it would be that hard. Basically, Alan Wake is a story about an author who goes to a uh, uh, kind of like a remote location to try to get rid of writer's block. And then he kind of falls into like a dark world. Hmm. Interesting. Which is kind of, <laughs> kind of that like that, uh, was a secret window with Johnny Depp where he just loses his shit. It's like, I can't write anywhere or, uh, the shining. Red Ram, Red Ram, Red Ram. All play, uh, no, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy. Jack a dull boy. Whatever, Jack, Johnny. Mm, you're off by syllable, but that's okay, sir. Whatever, man, okay? Jeez, all the pressure in the world. I don't know. Just, I would just be worried if you see your kids coming out of an elevator with blood coming out. Then you'd be terrified. If it's cascading like that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, this, the, the next story, I, I think that, Zelius will probably have more thoughts on this one than me, but uh, the SEC oh. or the U.S. Secret uh, Securities and Exchange Commission has charged the company NVIDIA with uh, uh, $5.5 million for claims that it failed to disclose the influence of crypto mining on sales of the video card. Oh, dear. Uh, the SEC said that NVIDIA's uh, emissions... Mis, that, omissions misleading given that it 
did make statements that how other parts of the company were driven by demand of crypto. Okay, what else does Nvidia make? If they they're like, yeah, uh, the, not the video game graphics, the, not the video game section, but the other sections. That's that's influenced by the crypto mining. Well, the reason it's misleading is because, in theory at least, mm -hmm. the gaming market is a more predictable market. Whereas you basically miss, I don't know why NVIDIA did it, but if you basically allocate why you had sales of crypto versus gaming, the idea is, is that the crypto market is much more volatile. Yep. Therefore, much more unpredictable as far as your sales go. So, like, you could always bank on, I have no idea what the numbers are. I'm just absolutely 100% making them up. You could bank on, let's just say, $100 million in sales of graphics cards going up by 10% every year mm -hmm. versus crypto. You don't freaking know. Right. I mean, obviously, the last five years, it's been absolutely maxed out. But I guess the question is, five years from now, is that going to be the same? Like, for instance, um, the big one everybody's been mining has been Ethereum for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And for the last like couple of years, the Ethereum blockchain has been like, well, we're going to be changing the hash code, which is basically what your graphics card is doing is breaking the hash code or creating one. Right. Um, and we're going to make it so basically it's not reliant on graphics card at all. It's just it does it a different magical way. Um, and that is still is not happening. So in theory, for instance, if Ethereum actually implemented this, it would plummet graphics card sales. Hence the misleading. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an MBA, but that's basically, that's as far as my understanding is. Um, because the crypto mining is still foobarring the whole graphics card industry. Oh, yeah. Side note, I, I, I watched a, a cringeworthy video of someone putting in a graphics card. Oh, dear. And they put it in wrong. You hear this... <laughs> How do you put it wrong? They they tried to jam it into the motherboard upside down. Like physically, how it's like I I, they, I know instead of putting the ports I mean, on the outside, it. they were on the inside of the box. I mean, you know, think about it. Like in a class, in your job, if you have a hundred people working there. 10% of those are going to be the bottom 10% IQ in the world. Uh -huh. That We assume everyone's smart, but okay, let, let's, the dumb 10% got to be somewhere. I'd say that 45% are the 10% bottom <laughs> when it comes to techno technology. Yes. The amazing things that people do with technology, you know, even especially if you're in a technology-driven industry. I work at a university that has technology in its name, and I can't tell you how many individuals do not understand technology at that institution. It's not even understanding it. It's a willingness to try to understand it. Touche. To critically think, like, huh, this is a, it's like you know like the little kids how they have like the those puzzles with the shapes where like the round goes into the round the yeah the round hole the, goes in, uh, the round shape goes to the round hole like there's some adults where I'm like did you actually not do this as a kid like do you see 
this square port, this is a round port. They're physically incompatible. Like, ah, like what did you do when you grew up? Thing. Just try to jam it in there or something? I, that's what she said. Oh, oh. Actually, I um, saw this. Uh, somebody uh, made a uh, made one of those, you know, um, things for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid found out that if you turn the pieces just the right way, they all go through one of the holes. You don't actually have to line up any of them. And so the now, dad's just, kid, I want to hire. The dad's just sitting over going, damn it, damn it, what the, no, damn it. But yes. Ha, ha, ha. Loophole. Yes, yeah, Sam, I'm a terrible person, and I actually mine with my old graphics card. Now, I have not bought any graphics cards for the explicit usage of mining, but I got my new graphics card. It was like, eh, I might as well mine it, I guess, because it's just sitting there doing nothing. This? I don't know. Oh, by the way, just for those who are interested, the Dead Space uh, remake, I probably should have said that it's coming out uh, for PlayStation 5, Windows, PC, and Xbox Series X. So based off your Dead Space experience, are you going to buy it or are you going to wait and see and worry that it's another Dead Space 3? I'm going to be totally honest with you. If I see that it's available, I'll probably buy it. But I'm not, But it's one of those things that um, I'll have to see it to remember that it's out. I'm not marking my calendar going, oh, man, here it comes. No. Yeah, I totally hear that. But I'll get. But there's, they're gonna do a uh, a much more uh, substantial look at uh, what the game's gonna look and feel like um, right before Halloween. So right now they're like, yeah, it's coming out January twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. But well, if you want to get really into it, you actually want to buy it then. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We shall see. Anyways, um, we're gonna. Pause just for a second to do friends of the show, because these are the amazing individuals who help keep the lights on at Alter Confusion, literally, and help us go to conventions by softening the blow for the electric bill, which I still don't have a booth number, so I can't pay, I can't set up electric for Momocon yet. <clears throat> but Was it that one or Canuga where you just kind of paid some guy under the table once you got there? That was Canuga. Okay. Uh, you can like, I mean, you like can do that at Momocon too, but it's a little bit harder because you're um, you got to hope that everybody isn't on that same mindset. Um, because at the Georgia World Congress Center, they got to do drops from the ceiling. They ah, they literally yes. uh, where or they yeah they got to do drops. Where in Canuga it was all on the floor. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm 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 waiting patiently. Hopefully, fingers crossed. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's give some love and and attention to those beautiful friends of the show. The first one, hint hint, is going to be at Momocon. So, come see them. That, of course, is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities 
to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They local they highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. Now, I'm pretty sure that he's also going to be at Momocon, but I'm not 100% sure. But that, of course, is the, the one and only Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, it is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. I don't know if we lost Zelius. I'm, I'm thinking we did. Yep, we lost Zelius, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay. We'll keep going. Uh, the next one... <clears throat> The next shout out we have to do, uh, Zealys, we just finished up with Noodle Boy Media. Can you s slap the uh, thing on there for me? All right, the next one. This he will be at Momocon. Wow, everyone's going to Momocon, and this weird. Actually, I think all four of our friends of the show are going to be at Momocon. Uh, the next one, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focused to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has inc incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing, healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. And finally, that amazing person who has helped us uh, with the intro and outro music can help you in so many ways. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content. Crosspad Creative offers a whole list of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, since we gave some love and, and support to our friends of the show, let me tell you about... One of our favorite things, no, our favorite thing to do, <laughs> Sam, Sam Grizzle. Last but not least, Battle and Brew, closed on monies. Yes. I will return to Battle and Brew soon, I hope. It has been a while. It has been a while. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to draw your attention to the simple fact that Ultra Confusion will be participating in... Fundraising for Extra Life for the 11th straight year. By the way, side note, Extra Life's been around for 12 years. Boom. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best. Game. To help sick and injured children at their children their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen hospital, which of course is Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure... The dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. 
So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Oh, that's weird. There we go. Sorry, Celius has now appeared twice on, on the, the Google Hangouts, so I had to switch it over, so it's just on him, a picture of him staring. All right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, also, I do want to also say that, or give you a heads up on the fact that Ultra Confusion has a, there we go, Patreon. And we survive on the love and support of fans like you. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, supporters, demigods, aliens, extraterrestrial beings, interdimensional beings, heroes, villains, demigods, demons, and mummies, poltergeists, specters, and so much more. What about just like normal people? And supportive people, human people. Become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. So, we currently have two tiers. That's one, two, two tiers. We have the first tier, which is the dollar a month tier, or $12 a month. And what that will get you is early access to all our playthroughs, and then, of course, access to all the patron-only posts and polls that are posted. Now, of course, if you want to pump up the awesomeness and go to the $5 a month or $60 a year uh, tier, not only do you gain everything at the $1 level, but you also gain your name or organization in the thank you section of every single Thursday night hangout. So, now, I do understand that there there are those individuals out there who want to give something to Alter Confusion, maybe not in a financial sense, but they want to give something to... Cough it up, people. Charlie's Batman costume isn't free. I've never worn Batman. If I were to wear... I've, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have never cosplay at a convention, mainly because I haven't... Um, I haven't uh, been a, just an a regular attendee of a convention in a very long time. <laughs> but if presenters I were... Can presenters can cosplay too. Right. It, I, I was talking to uh, Ryan from Hero Chiropractic, and I will fully admit that I was dabbling with the idea of potentially uh, cosplaying a character from Spirited Away, not for this Momocon, but the but next year's no no Momocon. So plan years yes. in advance. Well, it's I mean it. I look here's the thing. I love the individuals who can just magically make a costume. I am a perfectionist. I want to make sure that my costume is like the bomb. And this is way too close for me to try to do anything. So boom. Okay. Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, if you do feel that you want to give Alter Confusion something. Uh, Perhaps you want us to showcase it on our show. All you got to do is mail it to us at 1551 Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. Village Parkway. Number 88276. That's super duper 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 report. That's number 88276. That is the P.O. Box number. You do not put that there. We do not get it. Um, The city, once again, Dunwoody. D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. State is Georgia. 
The zip code is 30338. So, let's talk, let's cover the rest of the story, shall we? Now, of course, uh, we just, we were talking about the fact that the SEC is suing NVIDIA. So let's talk about the fact that Activision Blizzard is getting sued by the city of New York. Wait, they're being sued again? Yes. Uh, well, they're, they're being, specifically, they're getting sued by New York City Employees Retirement System and pension funds. Nice. Uh, because uh, this this lawsuit is to gain access to the corporate books and records. Uh, basically, it has to do with Bobby Kotick again, that <laughs> wonderful CEO. Uh, shareholders claim that Bobby Kotick agreed for the takeover in a bid to escape the liability and accountability for all the sexual harassment um, and uh, misconduct that was occurring at Activision Blizzard. He's very consistent, at least. I mean, there's something to be said for that, right? Sure. Yeah. No, no, no. You know. But um, but, but the lawsuit alleges, given Kotick's personal responsibility and liability for Activision's broken workplace, it should have been clear to the board that he was unfit to negotiate a sale of the company, but it wasn't. Instead, he was... The board basically gave him full control of neg the negotiation for the takeover. So, wow. Okay, great. I mean, the funny thing is for me, Activision shareholder perspective, it seems like a pretty damn good deal to me. Yeah, but because he's involved in it, it's driving down the price. Mm. That's fair. Um. Look, honestly, my personal opinion, the dudes should be paying out the ass. Uh, he's fully liable. He knew the shit was going down. Hell, he probably participated in it. I mean, I, we know that his his side piece um, was able to convince media outlets to drop stories to help protect his image. So, yeah. But the rich pay and they rule the world. Great. Woo! Happy days. Um, the more things change, the more same they are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's that. What a sleazeball. Well, hey, apparently Overwatch 2 with uh, Blizzard at least is real. Yes, I heard that there's actually a new character coming out. Well, in the like in the Overwatch Two beta is real. Like people are actually playing it. Oh, I got an email the other day saying, "Hey, by the way, did you miss the closed beta? Here's an invite to check the catch the next one." I'm like, "What? What? It's real? There you go, man. You could be cutting edge Overwatch." Yeah, I'd rather try to play. Um, the upcoming game from one of the high res studio. Uh, companies, though I would not, I would have to sign an NDA and I would not be able to stream it. What game do they have that's upcoming? Uh, they're very vague about it. They're just like, would you like to be part of an upcoming? I'm like, yes, I would. There's a game and it's upcoming and stuff will happen. Don't you want to be a part of on the, don't you want to be a part of the action? Be the select few that get to play it 
but don't tell Maybe anyone. Maybe it's else. um Oh, what's the old shooting game from them? No, it's not Global Agenda. Yeah, Global Agenda resurrected. I uh, sure, why not? Maybe this time they'll actually have a story that extends past the tutorial. I didn't care about the story. You just jumped in and shooted people. Pew pew. What more do you pew, need in the pew. game, sir? I I think that's uh I think it's the Call of Duty formula, isn't it? So what you're saying is Call of Duty copied Global Agenda. Global Agenda really should be no, the tier of all of this. No. No. Okay. No. Not gonna go there. But or maybe they also copied um, Battlefield. Who knows? But speaking of copying, it appears that Riot Games, again, is having to deal with uh, a Chinese company that has created a uh, an IP infringing uh, game. It's uh, this the, the company's name is Moonton Technology, and the best part about this is. Uh, I, I think the okay League of Legends developer has filed suit against the Chinese developer over his title, uh, Mobile Legends Bang Bang, <laughs> which Riot insists is a shameless copy of its own release, League of Legends Wild Rift. Here's here's nice. but here's the twist. They have already had to deal with this company once before, <laughs> and it's for the same fucking game. Nice. So what happened was um, they created a Mobile Legends 5v5 MOBA called just Mobile Legends, which mm -hmm. is the same as League of Legends Wild Rift. Uh. Riot Games made uh, they Riot Games made Google aware of the infringement. And Google forced them to remove it from the Google Play Store. So soon after. Moonton Technology magically had a new game by the name of Mobile Legends Bang Bang. That was the exact same game, but a different name. I do wonder if having Tencent as a Chinese company actually does help out Riot have some legal foothold in. to respond to these yeah. versus like it was just American only. The Chinese companies be like, whatever, dude. But since Tencent's actually evolved, I may actually change, you know, the levity of them suing them. Why? Well, the, to be without knowing all the the like, you know, the copyright uh, laws from China, I'm I'm sure that they're, you know, they don't want people stealing money from others. Oh, but I know absolutely nothing about Chinese yeah, copyright. But you know, <laughs> but it it appears that this is this is a constant issue where you have these small de developers uh in china that literally will rip off very popular games oh yeah and 100%. art assets and even and here here's the kicker apparently they have um they may have also stolen um some like uh riot game promotional video uh, trailer footage to put into their own game. Hmm. Now that being said, there was, I mean, this was many, 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 many years ago. I don't remember the name of the game, but there was this game. It was a free to play kind of, uh, 
uh, I would say like samurai-ish uh, game that literally was, I don't know, a less polished looking Diablo that played one of the um, songs off of Hybrid Theory, Lakewood Park's Hybrid Theory, just over and over and over again on a loop, the, 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 the one that was strictly instrumental. Nice. I'm like, wow, yeah, it's okay. So my question is this. So with all these companies that, you know, that, that you, of course, are stealing from my piece, we'll stick with developers for now instead of going into the, the murky world of, of fan art and whatever. But what do you, how much money do, do you think that these developers are asking for um, damages or just to stop them? I think it depends. My guess is if they can get money, great. But most part, I would assume it's probably just, hey, stop being a dingus bat. So it's kind of like uh, there's a there's a guy who's infamous for watching like Shark Tank uh, shows and seeing what is popular, uh, uh, you know, the popular new thing, and then he quickly goes and you know does the overseas manufacturing thing, floods the market with some cheap knockoff before the the success the cool shark tank thing actually hits the market and as soon as it hits the market he removes it but he's already made bank i mean that's tricky though because it's you know if you think of a game that's clearly made like the league of legend assets mm -hmm. versus a you know clear knockoff replication of something that may or may not have been physically created yep. as you put it he's already made some amount of profit off of that. I guess at that point, you really would want to get damages, but you also have to have some money usually to get damages. Well, like, the thing, I mean, is, the thing like with Nintendo with some of their like rum suing copyright cases, like they've sued for money, yeah. which they've won. And I mean, for Nintendo, that money's a drop in the bucket. It really doesn't matter to their bottom line. They're doing it more as a, don't do this again, you stupid people. Basically, well, they're setting precedents. They're look, look. If you yeah. if you're dumb enough to do this, we will sue you and take every single penny you have. Because yeah. the, the fact of the matter is, when Nintendo takes you to court, and if they're trying to get a monetary amount out of you, you're not going to be able to pay it. You're going to settle, and they're going to take everything. Well, most people can't. They don't have the pocketbooks of Nintendo to sue in that way. Exactly. And so all they can really probably do is ask him to be like, stop. Would be my assumption. We give up. No, I, I, um, the thing about the, the guy who does the shark tank stuff is that technically, uh, he's got a, he can claim that he had a like idea that this, you know, as, as long as it's an idea and it's not actually on the market, He's probably not going to get caught, and he doesn't get caught. It just so happens to be really close to this other idea. Imagine that. Well, most of the time when you're doing something on like a Shark Tank show, you're probably, I mean, it's like a Kickstarter. Um, you're probably at least months, if not a year away. And if someone could quickly, you know, draw up a, a rough sketch of what it is, the one of the, the what guy, what this guy gained for notoriety was the fact that uh when the fidget cube first appeared oh, yes. he it was like on a shark tank or something and he 
basically he did a, a crazy mock-up of it and sent it overseas and would sell it. I mean, he sold millions of them before the the true Fidget Cube was ever really released. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I just choose to be unoriginal. Then it's not a problem. Nobody can steal my ideas if they're not any good. I just don't have any ideas. I just, I'm a yes man. I just agree with everything. No, you don't. Wait a second. <laughs> You're right. I do. I'm so confused. No, I, I just... I think that this 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 kind of for me it kind of boils down with I, I know this isn't exactly, you know, um you know equivalent to what I was saying earlier, but it's along the same lines of I don't think I I don't think I could do a cheap knockoff or an absolute ripoff of something. I if I'm creating something, I I want my passion to show through. I I, I I don't think I'm that desperate. <coughs> I'm desperate. Okay, so check out Zealus's new game, Mooville 2. No, Meowville. Meowville. Two. Get with it. Actually, totally. Um, do you remember? Oh, God, what the hell is the thing? I want to call it Zen Ball. It was literally, it was like a, a Windows like 3.0 game. Yeah, Windows, maybe it was a Windows workgroup game or something. It was basically, you had these balls bouncing and you had to draw lines to basically make smaller and smaller boxes to contain the balls. And I had a dream that I did like a complete ripoff of it, but it was like, for the, instead of the balls, they were just bouncing cows and you're trying to fence them in. I was like, brilliant! That reminds me of a little bit, for some reason, of Jazz Ball. That's what I meant, Jazz Ball. Oh yeah, Jess Ball is a great game. I know. If you've never played Jess Ball, let me see if I can find it. Sam would advertise Russian oil if they paid him. In Watka. Crap. Now I want to play this game. Zelius <laughs> oh, used man. to be the master of this game. I was good at it. Yeah, buddy. Jess Ball. But seriously, I had a dream about it. I was like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. It, it was like, you know, in, in the game, you're trying to, to draw the lines and, and then like, you you know, you just get smaller, smaller boxes. In my mind, those areas that the the the, cow, the bouncing cows can get to were just pasture. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy playing dust ball now. Yeah, I figured. We've lost Zelius, ladies and gentlemen. You, you distracted me. All right, so there was a question that was asked uh, a couple weeks ago, and I apologize for not getting to it. We would have gotten to it last week, but of course we didn't have a show. And that is, is there a game or movie franchise where at the end of the day, you liked the villain more than the hero? Hmm... I'm sure the answer is yes. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. My immediate response, and I think it's just, it was more of like a popularity thing and just, I liked, it's not like I rooted for the character, but I liked the character more than I liked, I, I liked the villain more, I liked the character, and that of course is Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, 
much more. I Sephiroth was like a badass mofo, and Cloud was a wussy wussmeister. Well, it's always the story of kind of the you know the troop of the fallen angel of the evil character who becomes good is a thing too. Yeah, like you have a certain Time Lord and um, Doctor Who who is evil in parts of it and then becomes good. Um, so you see, that was a big thing in Buffy with uh, Elijah Duke's character where she's, you know, the evil slayer first and then she becomes good. I mean, that's a popular thing. Elijah Duke, who, by the way, not Dukes. Yeah, I was like, that's eh, not, it was close. Um, so that's definitely a thing of those type of characters. Um, and usually they're pretty dang popular kind of those characters who at the first are like, I'm evil. And then there's like the whole redemption storyline. Um, but as far as just straight up evil, um, I mean, I know it's a popular answer, but I always kind of, I mean, most people, I think, even though they don't prove necessarily what they did, appreciated Thanos because he actually had a real backstory as far as being evil. I mean, think about a lot of, Part of what makes a great story is it's not just the protagonist. It's right. also, hey, do you have a good antagonist with the actual believable rationale for what they're doing? Mm -hmm. um, and he did. And so, you know, most people probably don't want to kill half the universe. But it was a fleshed out antagonist, which is part of what works so great with the Avengers is his motives were clear in his own headspace. They're completely understandable. So I think that, at least from that context, um, that's what works well with those good antagonists. Um, or even, I mean, that's something in the early seasons that um, um, a Game of Thrones did very well. Is in the early seasons, you know, if you think about it, like the um, um, the Lannisters, you know, they're probably considered the antagonists for the first four to five seasons, but the characters were so well done that you know you, you might hate them, but they you understood why you hate them, you understood their motives, and that's where it fell apart in the later seasons with the White Walkers was there just your stereotypical weird mythical zombie like creatures zombie like creatures of the cold they were evil yep I th that's what makes a huge difference in some of these especially long ago series is what is the reason for the evil characters and i think most people you know Obviously, it's not the condoning of it, but they can get behind an evil character because they have actual real motives uh, that actually make sense in the right. context of the story. Zeus, I'm going to um, let you talk for a second. I have to, I have to pop off for just a second. Oh, but no. Sam says he really feels sorry for Glass Joe and Tyson's knockout. I mean, you know, Tyson's knockout. It's the story of, and he was not an underdog. Let's be honest. Um, what other movies? Um, I'm looking for movies with good antagonists, and most of them are like, no, like they're not really that interesting. Um, I'm just like, no, 
no, no, no, no, no. Like one of the list of the best antagonists is Voldemort. To me, he was just another generic evil big bad guy. I mean, I guess you understood his motives, but he just wasn't really that interesting to me. He was just like, ha I'm evil. And that was the extent of his character, which I did not find interesting at all. Um, so I guess redemption would probably be somebody like uh, Loki, who at the beginning was definitely, you know, he had definitely his evil moments. He went to Avengers Jail, um, but then he had his own television series. So there's always that. Who else we got? Well, I guess technically in Terminator T-800 was kind of an evil guy in the first one. He makes his drastic turnaround in the second one. So, you know, he would definitely be one. Yeah, I would say Darth Vader early in the series. Uh, unfortunately, when he was good were some of the worst Star Wars movies, um, which definitely makes it unfortunate. Horror movie, yeah, I mean, the horror movie villains, they're all kind of the, most of them are usually your generic horror movie characters like Mike Myers, Freddy Krueger, um, you know, even the evil exorcist. They're all kind of generic evil characters. So as far as, you know, the horror movie villains go, eh, Chuck, he was a doll. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a doll upstairs at Ultra Confusion's house and he's just waiting to come out with the butcher knife and take out the entire basement. You just never know. Okay, now, well... Okay, you got Sharknado, you know, with all the sharks that are attacking. Does that count? I don't know. It's definitely something. I mean, you had the, what was it, six Sharknados? You had a whole storyline going on there. No, I would definitely say Sauron was not an interesting antagonist. Um, the beauty of the Lord of the Rings was absolutely the protagonist, 100%. It was the story of Frodo and... Samwise Gamgee, and then you had the whole story of obviously Aragon and all that. That's definitely what made that story. The antagonists were, uh, but at the same time, those type of antagonists were also Tolkien basically created that entire genre of evil, as far as like the orcs and the Urukai and all that stuff. He definitely created most of that. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta remember, most of what I remember of Smog is really the movies. I read The Hobbit so bloody long ago that I don't actually remember it. And which means my entire thought of Smog is unfortunately ill-tainted by the abomination that were all three of those movies. 
The best part of the movies were the songs. There's some great songs in the Hobbit trilogy. Unfortunately, the story and especially the dwarves are just terrible. And I just hate all of them because they're just whiny, annoying idiots the entire time. So they definitely do not do it for me. Sorry, guys. I'm back. Did the evil Chucky get you, sir? No, it was Smog. No, you escaped? No, no, Smog got me. Oh, well, it happens to the worst of us. I was trapped in his lair. I tried to pick up the too much gold. Did you get this shiny object? No. Unfortunately, the ring is still there. The ring of power. Spoilers, I guess? I think if there's one thing that we're past the point of spoilers, it's the Lord of the Rings. Okay, well, okay. So let's say that you do have, like, let's say there's, you've got a book series that's been out forever, and then they make a movie version of it. What What are the spoil? What's What's you know? What are the spoiler rules about that? Because if you've read the book, I mean, the book's been out for what? Uh, uh, like, when did Lord of the Rings first come out as books? No idea. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I would say, for the most part, the statute of limitations for spoilers resets when it comes out to a movie. I think that's fair. So when it first comes out, the 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 spoilers are in effect. Because yeah, the first, but the, thing uh, about it, the though, Fellowship like, of the Ring came out in 1954. But like, Lord of the Rings isn't really a spoilery type of movie. I mean, it's utterly predictable, honestly, in the terms of what happened. That's not a knock on it. I mean, that's not a bad thing. But it's fairly predictable as far as like, oh, I spoiled you that they threw the ring into the Mount Doom. Spoiler. What? No! I mean, it's like, that's not what the story is about is like shocking. You don't know what's going to happen next. Um, it's not the point of it. So as far as spoilers of Lord of the Rings go, I'm like, I mean, whatever, if you spoil it. I mean, surprise. Um, the wizard dies. No. Gandalf, Gandalf dies. Does he, though? Exactly. I believe I believe the, the correct terminology is transforms. Transcended. Transcends to a higher color, lighter color. AKA an allegory. Aha! Good win. Spoiler to to every movie. Yes. <gasps> Gasp! Actually, is that does that's not technically true though. Well, most movies. Saul isn't. Uh, good doesn't prevail in the movie Saul, does it? Well, it depends on whose perspective or whose team are you on. Touche. What if you're on Team Saul? Two, or what's the guy's name? Jigsaw. Jigsaw? Wasn't that his name? I think so. Yeah. Whatever. 
Uh, yeah. I have not seen a Saw or Hostel or one of those movies in many, many years. I'm be totally honest with you. I've never seen any of them. Really? Mm-hmm. Like Mr. Like, oh, I love to be, have this shit scared out of me from playing video games. I'd rather, to be totally honest with you, if it's a good, spooky, scared the shit out of me video game, I'd rather play that than watch the movie. I mean, for what it was, like the first saw was actually a good movie. But part of that was obviously the shock of it, of what happened. Yeah. But then after that, it's like, meh. I think I saw the first like. Well, it's, I mean, it's the thing. It's like, oh, we've got the winning formula. Just rinse and repeat. That was my understanding. It's like more elaborate traps. Yeah. Hmm. It's not really a movie I need to see again. Well, it's it's one of those, I, 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 in my opinion, it'd probably be one of those that once you've seen it, you know what's going to happen. It's it's not, I mean, I guess technically if you... Isn't that pretty much every movie? Well, there are movies that a lot of people will watch over and over again because there's like fine details that they missed the first time, the first 20 times through. Well, to be fair, Saul definitely has that as far yeah, as the trap. Yeah, that, I've problem. heard... I've heard that there's there's quite a few Easter eggs. There definitely are. There. But yeah. Anyways, um, apparently I'm I'm just gonna say this real quick, and then I think we'll probably wrap up. But apparently there are, there, someone has discovered that uh, the map in Elden Ring looks very similar to I think it's uh Super Mario World map overworld oh. map and that that would be funny as hell if someone just absentmindedly drew the map identical it should they be sued probably not so random I was looking at the battle and brew website yep it's been updated mm-hmm um, and they also claim that they are the very first ever gaming restaurant and venue in the United States. Hmm. hmm. I not that I don't not believe them, but I I think I would doubt anybody. How would you? That. Yeah. How would you be able to prove that? Though? I mean, I think like it didn't matter who it was. I would be skeptical. Yeah. Agreed. Um. I mean, it's good. I want. I need to go back. Um, yeah, it's been too long. I will leave everyone with this thought. If you are an anime person, or even if you're not an anime person, if you find a way to, to, uh, gain access to the anime called, um, uh, Spy Family, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. Now, of course I'm blanking out on it, but I think it's called Spy Family. That is awesome. That is an awesome, 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 awesome anime um that i've been keeping up with but yeah anyways it's been a yeah. while. i haven't really watched i finished um the gang crest anime mm-hmm. liked it i mean that's it's almost like reminds me of like a newer version of record of lotus wars valid just like a more like the high fantasy it's not like the campy anime style you know, you got the quest going on in that regard. Right. 
Um, which is what I like in my anime. That kind of not style is what I like. Actually, Spy um, Spy Family is available on Crunchyroll and Hulu. So, someday I'll get one of those. I have both. Maybe. Who knows? So I, I do could not just be like I could bounce between the two if I wanted to. Bounce, bounce, bounce. I think that's a uh, system of a down song. It's pogo, pogo, bounce, bounce, bounce. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, it's been too long. I wish so I was still around. Serge is doing his own thing. Don't worry about it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've reached the end of our show. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zilly, it's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and, of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.